And once again, it is what's involved. So good to have you along with us. So all things being equal, this is actually going to be uh, the last show of 2021. I almost said 2019. Shows you how far out of time and touch we've been. Um, and I thought, let's do something amazing and interesting. Let's try and share some good news. So joining me uh, at this time, I'd like to say a very warm welcome to you, Kevin Govender. How are you? Uh, good morning, David. And I'm very well. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your show. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, we're going we're gonna to be chatting about your book that uh, has just come out. Uh, called The Rise of the Sharing Economy, which sounds fascinating, and I want to get into that. But before we do, um, talk to me a little bit about Kevin. Now, give me a bit of your background uh, and where you are now, because um, when I had a look at your at your resume, I'm, I was amazed. I'm like, where do you find time to write a book? So, so talk to me about that. No, thank you, David. So, as I mentioned, my name is Kevin Govender, born in Durban. Uh, I've been living in Johannesburg for the last 20 years. I'm a director partner at Deloitte Africa. I head up uh, ERP for Deloitte Africa, and I also was responsible for the CIO program for the last three and a half years. Um, I'm married uh, to Natalie, and I have two children, a daughter, six years old, Kimisha, and a son, uh, Kian, who's three years old. I live in uh, I live in River Club in Santon, and um, yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Um, from a, I've I've been working for the last twenty five years um, in various companies. Spent fifteen years of my life in private sector and ten years in management consulting. So with my twenty five years experience, I've worked both locally and uh, across uh, across the uh, across uh, Africa and globally. I've worked across many, many industries in consulting, turnaround strategies. I'm an industrial engineer by qualification at my first qualification. And I did my um, my honours and masters, my honours through UCT Business School and my masters at Wits Business School. And interestingly enough, the book that we're going to talk about is actually based um, on my uh, masters that I did through Wits Business School. I was actually part of the PhD class. and um, I wrote my dissertation, which was a, a, a master's by by uh, management on the sharing economy. And uh, I actually um, had some green, groundbreaking research because I actually got the Golden Key Award for making a theoretical contribution to the body of knowledge based on the research, which is part of the first uh, uh, research across Africa. Ah, okay, wonderful stuff. Now, I need to move on because... <clears throat> you, you've glossed over this, but I mean, you've you've done you've certainly done your time, and and you know you talk about getting your masters, which is also something that's not easy. You have a family. Why did you decide to write this book, "The Rise of the Sharing Economy"? Because I think I know what it is, but why is it important? So I think the first thing, why did I write the book? Um, I you know uh, when I started doing the desert, my masters, I thought about this topic. And uh, firstly, you know, it was very new to me and it was something that was unique. Uh, lots of people didn't understand what it is. And I thought, you know, what a great topic to do research on. It's, it's pioneering and it'll be something pioneering in Africa. And, and that was the main reason. And I think the reason I wrote the book, because it was either uh, writing a few peer-to-peer uh, -peer papers, um, peer review papers and getting a PhD, 
or alternatively writing the book. And I decided, you know what, uh, I think there's a lot of great uh, insights in, in, in the sharing economy and the advantage uh, it could bring to people in Africa. So that was the main reason for writing the book. I mean, you asked the question, uh, you know, what is the sharing economy? And, you know, the sharing economy is defined as a set of practices and economic models that through technology and community allows individuals and organizations to share access to products, services, and experience. And to, and to make that uh, in simple terms, it is the whole premise is that access is the new ownership. You do not have to own something to experience it. It's not about owning. It's about, for example, a drill. You do not need a drill. You need a hole. It's only when you need the hole do you need the drill. So that's the whole premise. And, and the fact is there's so much of burdens of ownership um, on the property rights theory and what you're accountable and responsible to. People are saying, I'm tired of that. And if you look at from a say a, uh, from a from a sustainability perspective, uh, an environmentally friendly perspective, there's there's quite a bit of opportunity to to get access to services and products at a cheaper cost. Um, and also be uh, cost conscious as well as um, environmentally conscious. Okay. Off the bat, this sounds like a concept that is tailor-made for, for South Africa and for Africa. Now, I'm, I'm still not sure, despite having all of this information in front of me here, um, how we would do it. I mean, I, I can see it would be, disruptive, but can you give me an example of the sharing economy in action? So let me give you the two common ones uh, that everybody is aware of, and then I'll bring it home. So if you look at Uber, Uber is a platform, so is Airbnb, where people actually embark on uh, or engage in ride sharing or car sharing. Now in the Uber op option is that you, you, go, you register on a platform, and when you need a ride from point A to point B, instead of using your own car, or if you don't have a car, you can uh, you can use the ride-sharing capability. The same thing with Airbnb. With Airbnb, you do not have to own a property at the beach or in a in a place where you need to do a vacation. You have access to properties that are sitting on the Airbnb platform, and for a certain fee, you are able to have access to these properties depending on the time on the time frame that you would like to use it. And the one advantage of this is that you don't have to worry about insuring the car or insuring the property, maintaining the car or maintaining the property, uh, and all those other uh, burdens that come with, uh, with ownership. So that's, a, that's a, uh, one example. But let's take an example um, in South Africa, for example. If you look at uh, Sweep South, Asha Pando created uh, a platform it's based on the platform for uh, made domestic worker sharing in South Africa. And what it does, uh, what that platform has done is done a few things. Firstly, it's provided a platform for domestic workers to register, to be able to get a fair uh, working uh, salary or remuneration for the type of work they do. But also there's elements of protection of domestic workers where sometimes they are not treated well by the people using them. And if you look at the two-way rating system that has been created, it gives an opportunity for both the domestic worker to be able 
to um, to rate how it was, what there was their experience working for a particular family or, or resident, and the same thing it gives the resident an opportunity to. So it's a two-way rating similar to Uber or Airbnb, where you rate, you know, the host versus the person living coming and using your your uh, your car or driving your car, right? Whether it's uh, uh, ride sharing or uh, car sharing, and in the Airbnb. So, so those are the, some of the examples. And I think, you know, uh, if I look at the high unemployment rate in South Africa, um, it is based on the fact that we have lots of entrepreneurs, but it's not. It's very difficult for people to become entrepreneurs in South Africa because you need access to capital, you need collateral. So by having an asset uh, that is unutilized, uh, you could actually uh, register this asset on one of the platforms and you can start generating additional income like Airbnb, or you could take your car, you could be working during the day and during the evenings, you could decide that I'm registering with, whether it's Uber, there's new other companies out here, there's uh, Bolt, which used to be Taxify, was bought over by Bolt, there's Didi, there's all these different ride-sharing and car-sharing schemes in South Africa. And the same thing with um, accommodation, there's such a huge shortage of student accommodation across the nine provinces, you could decide that you need extra income and you can register your spare room or your outbuilding uh, on Airbnb, and you could actually um, uh, host uh, um, uh, students. And remember, you can also have long-term rentals, and you can provide value-added services like ironing their clothes. And, and by the way, David, you know what the interesting thing is? Some people out there are actually using Airbnb as a means of actually uh, uh, keeping their houses because affordability is an issue. And they need to. They actually need to uh, bring in this extra income through Airbnb to be able to afford their current um, uh, current, current residence. You know that it's that is incredible, Kevin. And and I, I'm interested that you that you mentioned Sweep South because Sweep South has has revolutionised my life um, because we're able to get in a helper when we need a helper. Um, they they get to, to to sort of come in, work for X amount of hours, and they get to decide whether they want to work with us, which was brilliant when I found that out because it's easy for you to turn around and go, oh, I didn't like so-and-so. But then if they're saying, listen, uh, David hasn't been like the best employer uh, around, then, then we're going to know about it. So that's fantastic. Listen, we need to talk more, and I want to talk more about the, the entrepreneurship side of things uh, we'll do that when we come back. This is what's involved. My special guest is Kevin Govender, author of The Rise of the Sharing Economy. Back in just a bit. And we're back. It is what's involved. My guest, Kevin Govender. Uh, we're talking the rise of the sharing economy. Now, just before the break, Kevin, we, we, sort of, we were talking about uh, some of the examples, which I totally understand. But let's talk a bit about entrepreneurship now. You know, we've heard so much, and it depends who you listen on or listen to, that we're either on the verge of the, the fourth industrial revolution, we're right in the middle of the fourth industrial revolution, or we've passed that and we're moving on to the fifth. doesn't matter how, I, I don't think, how we label it. What matters is things are changing. And we're, we're going, you know, we're moving past this time where, uh, we're looking for lots of blue-collar workers. As I understand it, this our economy is soon to become more knowledge-based. So how does entrepreneurship fit in to this, this model of a sharing economy? 
Thanks, David. I mean, before I answer that, I think that the, maybe there's two facts I'd like to mention. Uh, in 2011, the sharing economy was duped by Time magazine as one of the 10 ideas that will change the world. And it was widely hailed as a major growth sector by sources ranging from the Fortune magazine to the World Economic Forum and to former President uh, Obama. The total value of the global uh, economy is estimated to grow from 14 billion in 2014 to 335 billion US dollars by 2025. Now, you know, just that, just listening to that, 335 billion US dollars by 2025, um, that tells you, and this is only across five sectors. Um, so you can imagine the opportunity that it provides. Now, when I talk about entrepreneurship, because remember, we're talking about assets that are unutilized. For example, David, your car is only utilized 8% of the time. 92% of your time, your car is parked, either at work or in the garage at night when you're sleeping. So you imagine if you decide and you are not a person that's very close to your car and you are comfortable with somebody else driving it, you could make your car available to other people and you can start generating income or you could decide to, as I mentioned, put it onto the, uh, log it onto Didi, um, Bolt, Uber, any of these uh, platforms that are available in South Africa and you can generate new income. But when we talk about entrepreneurship, for example, I'd like to bring it down to the, to rather than talking entrepreneurship, I want to talk about micro entrepreneurship. Because what micro entrepreneurship says, the barrier of entry to become an entrepreneur is much more easier than an entrepreneur. Because as you know, with an entrepreneur, you need to register a company, you need to make sure you got collateral, you got funding, whether it's VC funding, venture capital funding, and to be able to start this business. But as a micro entrepreneur, you could just take an asset very, very quickly, which is underutilized, and you can use the existing platforms and become a micro entrepreneur and start generating uh, income. And, and that is what we're hoping that this will be able to help the grassroots people in South Africa. Another good example of one if you look in South Africa, we have a lot of land, agricultural land and farming land. But a lot of people do not have access to farming equipment and tractors that is required to farm. Now, to give you a quick example, um, to uh, a thousand, uh, 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 one hectare of land, which is at approximately 10,000 square uh, meters, it takes 21 days if you have to plow that land manually. But if you had a tractor, it would take you eight hours. So you would save 20 days. Sure. Now you can imagine there's a company called Hello Tractor, which is based on the, they, they are based on the, the Uber concept that, you know, they, they are Uber for tractors. They have, um, they have created a company called Hello Tractor and is predominantly in, in the Nigeria. They have brought and unutilized our assets of tractors onto the Hello Tractor platform and, and farmers who do not have access to this or access to capital to buy their own can actually go and uh, use this for the day or a week. And, and that is something I think would be very re relevant in South Africa. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, as you were saying it now, I was thinking to myself, that, that's the answer. Why hasn't somebody done it yet here in South Africa? So there is a, there is a company that has done it, but I don't think it's, uh, it's well known, firstly. And secondly, uh, I think there's, um, there's a company called AXL, 
uh, that's you know deployed the similar uh, concept of uh, hill tractor. Because remember, it's all of the, it's it's uh, linked again to the burdens of tractor ownership, the payment of insurance, installments, maintenance, and an advantage and the benefit this brings to all of us is firstly convenience. It's available when you when you need it. Uh, it's cheaper. It's more affordable, and you pay per use. So it's like a subscription base. It's limited or no exposure to burdens of ownership, and 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 that is what needs to be done. And if you look at, for example, let's let's look at uh, the other challenge we have in South Africa. We're having major water shortages and water uh, problems. We're also having electricity load shedding. Now, if you look at solar sharing, solar sharing. If you're living in an estate, why would it? Why would you need to each person put your own solar? Why can't you create a common solar system and it be shared? Um, the same thing applies to water boreholes. I was just speaking to a colleague of mine. I attended a book uh, a, a, a book club on the Sunday, and she was telling me she lives in an area where around the area there's about twenty odd people have decided to put boreholes. And each person had to do it on their own. And some of them had to break down walls because you've got to get these big trucks in to come and dig this wall. But she thought, she said, but you know, if people thought about it, they could have found common land, built it, and then did the reticulation and the water and connected it to various houses. And the huge cost of it, because it's between 100 and 150,000 rand to dig a ball and do all the connections. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity for this and for people to, to start new businesses. But there's another thing that I think it's important to note as well. If you, I, I, the, the shared economy, firstly, is known by very by various uh, names. You know, we talk about collaborative consumption. We talk about the platform economy. We talk about the on-demand economy, the gig economy, the peer-to-peer -peer economy, the trust economy, uh, excess consumption, and... Um, the sharing economy. So, you know, I, I, I'm sure you just baffled now. There's so many names they know, and also the circular economy. So the, the whole question is, uh, the world has changed. COVID has really impacted the world. We're talking about working any place, any time. You don't have to be anywhere. And there's there's been companies like TaskRabbit, uh, Fever, uh, Fiverr, uh, that have been created many years ago that actually helps with freelance uh, skills. And if you look at the great resignation that's happened predominantly in the US, uh, UK, Germany, uh, starting to happen in South Africa, uh, where there was, I think they talk about plus minus 4 million people quit their jobs in America alone, uh, uh, where they realize they don't have to be working for one company. They could actually uh, start freelancing and work from wherever and do whatever they love. And it's all about flexibility. If you look at the whole premise of the, the great resignation, it's based on flexibility. That work when you want to work, work from where you want to work and do the jobs that you are passionate and want to do. So there's a lot of this. And that is another way to show your skills because you don't have to work only in South Africa anymore. If you're unemployed and you're betting to get a job in South Africa, you could sell your services to anywhere in the world as long as you're willing to fit in into the timeline and the time zone and work and, and lots of people are comfortable with people working remotely. So, so that is where the world is changing. And then if you look, I mean, we know we can talk about, and just stop me when you want to, David, uh, but I'd, I'd like to bring in the impact of COVID. Now, let's do, Kevin, let's I, do that when we come back. Let's, let's get into COVID because COVID, as we said right in the beginning, it's I don't think it's going anywhere. You've got a take on that.
So when we come back, let's have a chat about the impact on COVID, uh, of COVID in our economy and in the world in general. My special guest is Kevin Govender. We're talking about the rise of the sharing economy. And as we are talking, this is making more and more sense to me. Uh, I'm understanding a whole lot more. Back with Kevin in just a bit. And we're back. What's involved it is, and my special guest is Kevin Govender, author of The Rise of the Sharing Economy. So, Kevin, just before the break, we, we mentioned COVID and the impact of COVID. So let's let's talk a little bit about that because we've now, what is the second second year? And by the looks of things, we're going to go into 2022 with COVID as well. Uh, in the beginning, everybody was going, can't wait to get back to normal. I think normal has left the party quite a while ago. Thanks, David. No, I agree, definitely. I think... Um it's you know there's uh, I hope there's a there's a time when we can get back to normal, but uh, it's the new normal, right? And uh, I actually uh, I write uh, there's a chapter chapter nine in my book which talks about disruptors disrupted by the COVID nineteen pandemic, because the reality is that not only were traditional organisations disrupted by COVID, even the disruptors the sharing economy was also disrupted. But maybe to expand on that. In my book, I talk about uh, I talk about many different types of sharing, but I also look at six areas that I give uh, uh, quite a bit of focus on: car sharing, accommodation sharing, book sharing, music sharing, media sharing, and bike sharing. And if you look at uh, the impact of COVID on car sharing and accommodation sharing, I think they were the most Im- impacted because, firstly, we were in lockdown, we were in quarantine. We were not allowed to leave our houses for a, a period of time. So firstly, people were not allowed to travel. So accommodation sharing, Airbnb, uh, went from being extremely busy to having nobody travel and nobody using Airbnb. That had a major impact on the on the uh, Airbnb and accommodation sharing organizations. They had to adapt and reinvent themselves. So what they did is they created the experience so where you could be in the comfort of your house and tour uh, Greece, for example. Uh, so that's what they did. They created an experience. Or if you like, for example, to uh, you have you were passionate about chocolate, how chocolate is made, but you want you know you always had this passion of going to Switzerland to see how chocolate was made. Airbnb created that experience from the comfort of your home. You could actually uh, tour the chocolate making in Switzerland, for example. So, so that's another that's another uh, opportunity uh, how they've changed. They were disrupted, but they had to change. But interestingly enough, we talk now. Airbnb is on the rise again. They, their last quarter, quarter three was 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 booming because people got tired of being at home and just wanted to travel again. If you look at car sharing, Uber drivers unfortunately had to park their cars. They couldn't transport people because you were not allowed to travel. Um, but if you look at music sharing, uh, companies like Netflix, Spotify, they had they had a, a, a boom in the number of subscribers and new memberships because people had to find new hobbies, new things to keep themselves busy. Similar to media sharing, which talks about uh, movies and Netflix, um, uh, uh, Netflix and Spotify, uh, sorry, Netflix uh, and uh, Amazon Prime obviously from a media sharing, but from a music sharing, things like Apple Music, uh, Spotify, again, 
those those uh, 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 subscriptions and memberships actually boomed. And then bike sharing, interestingly enough, uh, there was an increase in the number of people buying uh, bicycles and emb- embarking on bike sharing services because you could be outdoors. You could be physically distancing when you were outdoors. So so that's what you found. There were some uh, companies disrupted and some companies not disrupted, if that makes sense. No, excuse me. Absolutely it does. And, and I find that is, to me, particularly fascinating because, you know, it's, it's those people who were prepared to pivot and to prepare to look and broaden their perspective. Those are the guys that, that ended up doing okay. Um I mean, I, I know people that are in the property business. Um, 2020, this year, 2021, been their best years yet, purely because of the way that they've looked at things. Um, I know some people that uh, have taken some of these massive office buildings and they're now dividing them up and, and they're doing a, you know, like an office sharing thing. If you need an office for an hour or two hours or a week, here you go. Um, where, Kevin, did you do much, much research? Because... One of the places, and I've certainly found this, um, that this whole sharing economy has has had an impact on is in learning and teaching because we suddenly we were forced to everybody go online. Um, you know, we could talk about infrastructure for that, but that's not the purpose of this discussion. But has that exploded as well as part of the sharing economy? Because, I mean, I can tell you, I watched... I countless videos on how to make sourdough bread. Yep. So, David, that's an interesting question. I wouldn't link it directly to the sharing economy, but I think with the, uh, you know, the, we, we talk about the digital, uh, the fourth industrial revolution, the use of technology and technology platforms. For example, if you look at uh, UCT, uh, UCT, UCT has decided from, from January 2022, they will have an online school. Um, and that's fascinating, right? Which means that instead of uh, you being, if you're living in uh, Cape Town, you go to a UC, uh, to a school in Cape Town. Now you have the opportunity to be able to go to UTC, UCT school at, the, uh, and it doesn't matter in which country. A colleague of mine, uh, they are relocating to the UK. Her child, uh, they decided uh, to register their child in UCT online. To do the uh, to to go to school because they, it allow them to go to uh, to the UK and with the time zone being very very similar, it gives them that opportunity to actually still be in school without being disruptive. So I think that was the main reason a lot of people had to go. You know, schools were not allowed with the with the uh, with the quarantine as well as with the physical distancing. It made sense to actually go online. Uh, I think it worked well with. Um, with a lot of students, especially uh, the ones in you know high school, I think it it was a little bit challenging. Uh, I've got a six-year-old daughter, and and Crawford uh, International also went online, and uh, the thirty minutes was quite difficult for uh, a five-year-old to kind of uh, you know concentrate and be focused at the time. So you do find that it, yeah, I think it worked well, and and definitely. Um, it's, it's these platforms that will actually revolutionize uh, education. Now, okay, Kevin, we, we're going to wrap up, but when, when we come back, what I'd like to just, just concentrate on a little bit is your vision for, for South Africa and for Africa, because that's who I care about the most, and, and how we can start implementing 
this idea of a, of a sharing economy. How do we learn to think like this? So we'll talk about that and about where we can get your book when we come back. This is what's involved my special guest, Kevin Govender, author of The Rise of the Sharing Economy. I find it fascinating. Back in just a bit. And we're back. What's involved it is. Uh, my guest is Kevin Govender, and uh, he is the author of The Rise of the Sharing Economy. So, Kevin, in your book, I mean, you've got lots of examples, and, and, it, and there's lots of great contact content there but all you know what it's done for me is i've just now it's made me think even more and that's that's a problem because i don't know if i should be sharing my thinking but where in terms of south africa um and where we are now and in terms of africa how do we do we look at implementing this sharing economy how do we go forward for it what is your view what is your sort of view there Thanks, David. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I write about in Chapter 19, the future of the sharing economy. And I think, uh, you know, the world is changing. Uh, there's different business models available out there. So the, the question is, how do businesses uh, adopt to this new way of thinking? So if, if the first thing I'd like to say, if you find that the emergence of the cloud technology, that has fundamentally changed the ownership, right? Because instead of uh, owning your own music, or videos, or even content that as a business, you've put it into the public cloud and you pay a subscription face to this, so you no longer own the infrastructure or the application. So that's, uh, I think, one of the big things. I think the other thing where I see the future and benefits of the sharing economy is in healthcare. Um, if you look, there's obviously shortages of machines in lots of hospitals, especially the public hospitals. But if you create a sharing platform, you have ability to actually share um, these uh, technologies uh, with, with other people in different countries. And also, not just the technology, but the actual practitioners, the doctors, the surgeons, the, uh, the specialists. These people can now provide services to remote countries uh, through technology. So that's a big thing. I think the other challenge we have is uh, in terms of Wi-Fi sharing. Uh, a lot of people don't have access for the infrastructure at home to have Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. but uh, there is options to actually uh, do Wi-Fi sharing in the country. Uh, you can register onto, there's a com company called Font, F-O-N, where you can actually, uh, without having the infrastructure, be able to share somebody else's Wi-Fi um, through that process. So I think uh, there's, there's obviously some good examples and options that are coming out of there. Uh, that would would help. Uh, we spoke, you know, we uh, we obviously spoke about uh, ball sharing and all the other uh, areas where this is done. We spoke about agriculture, and I think um, uh, you know, future of babysitting, for example, uh, mothers or peer, parents that um, have free time could, could, could consider babysitting. The future of parking, uh, with the amount of parking space in, especially in urban areas, uh, you could use technology. Uh, lots of people don't have time to do their own errands. Uh, that's something. The future of work, you spoke about locations and work from anywhere, any place. Uh, we work is doing that. You could actually have that. So I think, and also the future of experiences and leisure activities. What you're finding is you can, if you are passionate about a certain uh, hobby and you think that other people will, will be interested in this, that can be uh, an important component. So, so, so those are some of the things. And the last thing I'd like to touch on, I think one of the things is I also built a model 
to understand consumer behavior and how consumers make decisions and what will uh, will you know ask them will convince them to move from ownership to access and i built a model that actually um provides concepts and i think you know uh i i did research brought you in the us in the uk and i brought in five uh things that were unique to south africa and those five things were trust safety um risk um the, you know those are some of the key things that are driving uh people convenience so people were willing to pay if they if there's a safe and uh trustworthy product and it provides convenience convenience to them yeah what i've also noticed kevin and i'm sure that you've touched on this as well is we're becoming and i've used this term before but 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 we as as the, the world population but i've noticed it because south africa is my frame of reference we're becoming more human and and you know it's more important now to reconnect with with values and with brands and with things we trust and when we interact uh with organizations now we expect because we go there and go okay i've given up my time to come and visit you and let's use a website for example what are you giving back to me and how are you sharing with me to enable me to better myself and just talking and going back to, and on that subject um i came across and i'm actually going to be chatting to them in the not too distant future it's a company called hey jude which is uh, like a, a virtual assistant so you can and it, and it's kind of it's kind of a hybrid because it's there's a real person but then also it's it it can give you all the answers about what the weather is etc cetera, etc cetera. but if you say hey jude i need somebody to go and pick up my my laundry and uh, drop it off they go certainly and it happens if you need a a, a flight booking it happens uh, to me that is that is fascinating i mean in my own sort of experience of of this lockdown period um i've been in broadcasting for many many years and i was always very much a bums in seats person i needed to sit in the studio and i needed to look across at somebody that was the only way to do it now for the last almost 2 years we've been doing it remotely like this and i had the idea but hang on i i produce edit direct podcasts surely if i offer this sub, this service to the corporate world out there and say hey here's a great way of sharing some of your content building trust and people have gone wow that's a brilliant idea so there is definitely a, a way to get involved and a way to look at this and i think the most important thing that we can do right now kevin is uh, get hold of the book read the book because i was like i said it gave me a lot more questions but it's a fantastic book where is it available so the book is uh, thank you for that uh, the, the the book is available as a hard copy and uh, uh, ebook on all major platforms such as amazon loot take a lot books and bookstores such as exclusive books uh it's also available directly from me if you would like a signed copy um and i i was surprised the other day i just did a google to see where the books are uh are showing and i see macro i never knew macro sells books and mm-hmm. i see the book is on macro as well so that was a little bit surprising but as i said i do have some copies which i've uh, um i can i can sign and you more than welcome to contact me directly uh should you require to buy one How do we do that? Do you have a website we can go to? No, you can actually I'm going to give you my uh uh maybe I should give you my email address and you can just send me an email uh and I can we can take it from there. Fantastic. What is the that address, Kevin? 
the email is kevin.governor1, the numeric one, at yahoo.com. So it's K-E-V-I-N dot governor, G-O-V-E-N-D-E-R, the number one, at yahoo.com. Cool, and then uh, we can make a plan and get those books and a signed copy. Kevin, before I let you go, uh, what's next in Kevin Govender's life? I mean, you've started something with this book now. Yes, I think I think what I would like to do, I you know, as we discussed, there's a lot of opportunities uh, that we could actually uh, gain from this book and also alternative business models. So I would like to, you know, uh, 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 Get this. Uh, to speak to students, uh, speak to companies to to show them, uh, you know, the alternative business models that are existent and how they can actually reinvent and reimagine their businesses. How students can actually get to understand what's what's happening in the real world and how they can make a big difference to this. So my my you know my focus is to get this out. Um, you know, I've been asked, is there a second book? Uh, I, I I must say I really enjoyed the uh, the book. The, the experience I published with Tracy McDonald, um, and uh, it's been a great experience for me. And uh, to be honest, I would love, I, I do, uh, I have thought of a title for the second book, um, uh, but I haven't uh, you know, decided whether I'm going to do it, but that is definitely something. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's I would that's I would encourage it, Kevin. I would encourage it. A handbook for the second, uh, a handbook for the sharing economy. I think you know, because I think that's where a lot of people are stuck. As you mentioned, it's like okay, everything's changing, but what do we do? Show me how to see these opportunities. So I think that is absolutely brilliant, Kevin Govender. A brilliant book. Well done on that, and uh, thank you for taking the time out and having a chat to us. I do really appreciate it. No, thank you very much, David, and thank you for the opportunity for hosting me on your show. There we go. Wraps it up for this edition of What's Involved. As I said, my special guest has been Kevin Govender. Go out, look for the book, get it. It's called The Rise of the Sharing Economy. It will definitely open your eyes. So wrapping it up, as I said, to each and every one of you, look after yourselves, take care, and thank you for listening. <laughs>